Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. While our weather is very cold outside here in Michigan this week, the recruiting wars are red hot. Michigan has 21 hard commits in the class of 2017 and could very well have four more later this week. Big time players at that. On today's show, Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports joins me for an update on that and much more. Here are some news and notes to get us started today. Jim Harbaugh told his team this week he isn't going anywhere, despite rumors started by, in his words, our enemies. He told the team, you are stuck with me. We knew the day Jim came on board, we would hear these rumors after each season. It is part of the deal, but we can relax for now. The football banquet was held last night in Livonia, Tuesday night. Jabril Peppers was named Most Valuable Player. Grant Newsom won the UFER Award for demonstrating team spirit. Ben Gedeon received the Zatkoff Award for Best Linebacker. Chris Warmley and Ryan Glasgow shared the Catcher Award for Best Defensive Lineman. Eric Magnuson won the Raider Award for Best Offensive Lineman. Wilton Spate was Most Improved. And Anthony Dalamonte was named Scout Team Player of the Year. The team is now in Christmas camp, as Jim Harbaugh is calling it, getting ready for the Orange Bowl. It will be an important 15 practices for many reasons. Uh, The seniors want to go out on a high note, and the younger players will want to position themselves for spring football and get the coaches' attention. Next week, we'll have more on that. This week, recruiting will be the big news. There is no one that covers it better than Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports. We had some technical issues with Skype at the beginning of the interview, so we'll pick it up with Steve talking about this past weekend's visitors at Michigan and who might be announcing their choice of schools in the next few days. That's here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. center out of IMG Academy down in Bradenton, Florida. I'm betting we've talked about him before. I'm a huge fan of this kid. Top pure center in the in the country, in the cycle. Michigan really wants sort of that brick in the middle of that foundation to, to build on. Uh, he's definitely the guy. Of the four guys, I would say he's the safest bet. I mean, I think, again, I think all four of them do choose Michigan as of today. But Ruiz is a guy it's really hard to even know who else is contending. I, I know North Carolina has been recruiting him. I think Auburn's kind of been recruiting him, Oklahoma, but Ruiz is about as close to a lock as you could, as you could really get. So, yeah. So four guys that Mike, I would argue, you know, I, I mentioned McCaffrey and then I think Ambry Thomas is probably a top five overall target for them on their board. But I would argue that uh, people's Jones, Wilson and Ruiz are probably top five targets as well. I mean, I, you're, you could say they're going to 
possibly get three of the top four or five guys on their recruiting board within the next seven days. All of those kids were uh, in town over the weekend for the uh, the big recruiting visits or the big weekend? Uh, Wilson was not, and Ruiz was not. Those guys official. They have both officialed uh, earlier in the cycle. Uh, Wilson was at Georgia. I don't know if Ruiz, I don't remember the last time he took a visit anywhere. Uh, so, no, it was Peoples-Jones, and then uh, – Tariq Black was there, Najee Harris, and I think the other couple of the other uncommitted targets were Drew Singleton, linebacker out of a Paramus Catholic that I know we've talked about before. And then uh, I know I'm missing so Oh, Darren, Darren Irving Bay, the four-star defensive lineman out of Flint also was there. So those are the uncommitted guys there. But no, Wilson and Ruiz were not on campus this weekend. Okay, so of course, uh, a big recruiting weekend. And I know I was reading, I can't. I cannot keep up with all of this, Steve, but the dead period's coming up, isn't it? Yeah, it started actually, uh, I think, like, so Monday at midnight. So Sunday night, you know, in the midnight there is when it, when it officially ended. Uh, you get schools making last-minute kind of scrambles. It's always kind of one of the interesting things. I know, so Donovan Peoples-Jones, we talked about, was was at Michigan this weekend, officialed from Friday to Sunday, actually stayed a little bit later on Sunday than most of the other official visitors, and then goes back home to Detroit, come to find out that Kerry Combs, Urban Meyer, and Zach Smith from Ohio State actually flew into Detroit and then drove over to his house on Sunday night to get that last visit, to get a last in-home visit in uh, before the dead period started at midnight. So you see that kind of stuff happen all the time. I think it's really neat, interesting, um, you know, the logistical side of things. I mean, if you're Ohio State, you assume Michigan leads, and you you know he just officially visited there for 48 hours, and you know it's the last time that coaches will be able to see him face-to-face because he's enrolling early. So this is it for his recruitment as far as face-to-face contact. So if you're Ohio State, you know, you got about a five-hour window in there. Why not? You know, they got, of course, they got the money. They can fly him up there and, and get him over there. You know, why not go in there, go in home, take a, make a last pitch for him, you know, knowing that he's a, he just saw Michigan for 48 hours. You know, let's go in there and see what we can do. So, so yeah, so once the clock strikes midnight on, uh, on Monday, this dead period started, you can still text and call. I think direct message via Twitter and stuff. But as far as face-to-face contact, it's done. So with a lot of guys enro- trying to enroll early or looking to enroll early in January, uh, that's it. That was it. You know, that was their last shot face-to-face. So pretty significant. You know, because face-to-face obviously is the you know it's the most effective way of recruiting a guy. So uh, so yeah. So it's very interesting those last-minute scrambles. And uh, you know, I don't think Michigan did anything like that. You know, they had Najee Harris, the the number one prospect in the country. Uh, they drove him to the airport on Sunday night. He flew home, and that like that's it, right? So, uh, so interesting stuff. I'm sure the coaches are ecstatic to not be on the road anymore. And maybe this is, you know, I, I know they're practicing for the Orange Bowl, obviously, but uh, you know, recruiting is is so key at this point of the year. But they do get a nice little, nice little break for a little while. Well, the whole Najee Harris thing very uh, interesting to me. He has been an Alabama commit for some time now, and uh, of course, Jim Harbaugh has been going hard after him. And he's been here, I think, twice now for visits uh, since he's committed to Alabama. Isn't that right? Yeah, correct. So he was in, uh, he was in town in August for the barbecue at the Big House, uh, which was a big, you know, obviously it was a significant win for them to get him on campus at that point. Uh, they've recruited him really, really hard. You know, Jim Harbaugh went up there. You remember the story of uh, him announcing the homecoming queen winner at Antioch High School when he went to go watch Harris play a game. His high school asked him to 
if asked Harbaugh if he would announce the homecoming clean winner. Uh, there's been, you know, information in his recruitment's been kind of spotty. You know, for a number one kid, he, he does not like the limelight. He does not like interviews. He doesn't like going on the record. I mean, we flew out, uh, Isaiah Hole, our, our beat writer, flew out to Antioch when Michigan did a satellite camp up there in June. We flew Isaiah all the way out there, and uh, they wouldn't give us Harris for not even not even five minutes. You know, flew all the way out to California, couldn't even get the kid on the record for for five minutes. If that, you know, that kind of gives you an indication of how little he really does not enjoy the process at all. So, uh, so information's been kind of spotty. But Michigan, I know after the barbecue in August, Michigan felt like they had a really legitimate chance with him. Our approach to it has sort of been that he's, you know, he is verbally committed to Alabama, but we've been told to treat it as if it's an he was an uncommitted recruit who was maybe leaning towards Alabama. Uh, that's kind of the way I've approached it still. Uh, I know Michigan had a great official visit with him over the weekend. His mom, who I think is somebody that needed to be convinced more than maybe Najee himself, seemed to really enjoy the visit as well. Uh, it's still unclear what he's going to do. I mean, he's not even a kid. He might not even do like a, a formal decision. I mean, he might just the, covering this kid as long as I have and knowing what I do know of him. I could see him because he's another early enrollee, so he'll be in in January, wherever he goes. I could see him signing with the school that he chooses and just showing up on campus. No fanfare, nothing, just showing up. You know, so uh, you know, so it'll be interesting to see if he does decide to go, you know, sort of an announcement route or not. Uh, Michigan's confident. Again, I'm not, again, like I said, he to talk to Najee firsthand or get something from even his coaching staff is like pulling teeth. So it's hard to maybe gauge, maybe Michigan's got the right feel on it. Maybe they don't. It's just, that's kind of the million dollar question. Uh, I could, I would say though, that many in Schembechler think that, that Michigan is where he's going to go. So we'll just have to see how it plays out. Uh, he's, he's an elite player, obviously. I mean, number one guy, I think between he and Cam Akers, the other five-star running back in this cycle, two of the better high school running backs to come out in the last five or six years, probably since Leonard Fournette, you know? So, I mean, whoever gets, Harris and or Acres, uh, Michigan's not involved with Acres, but uh, whoever gets either of these guys are getting you know potential game changer at running back. Well, Steve, we've talked about Donovan Peoples Jones, and in the next few days we'll learn uh, where he is going. Out of the city of Detroit, already uh, two players uh, that Michigan really wanted bad uh, have committed: uh, Ambry Thomas, Jalen Kelly Powell. Those were huge gets for Jim Harbaugh, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean the Ambry. So the Ambry Thomas. You know, commitment was was really significant for Michigan for a couple of reasons. One, the last three cycles, there's been what I call the Detroit chaos recruitment every year. 2014, it was Malik McDowell, if you remember the drama mm-hmm. with that one. And then, of course, the Michael Weber recruitment. There was tons of drama with that one on signing day. And then even last year, maybe a little, to a little bit of a lesser extent, but not necessarily, uh, was Lavert Hill. Now, you know, Michigan lost out to McDowell and Weber. They got Hill. Thomas was the kid I, in this cycle I thought would fit that role because, you know, Detroit King is an area that's sent more kids to Michigan State than they have to Michigan. Uh, with Hill last year, you know, he had a brother on the team, I think was a huge feather in their cap in, the, in that race. With Thomas, they didn't have any of those, like, sort of built-in advantages. You know, I, I think personally, you know, I think it's a situation where it is where Michigan State's three and nine season really helped helped Michigan. You know, I think Thomas for a long time. I think there was a lot of people that thought he'd be a better fit at Michigan State. 
Um, they need cornerbacks in this class, the Spartan Zoo. You know, so there was a need there as well. Um, I think Michigan going in and, and getting him is is really, again, he's an in-state kid, so Michigan was going to be in the race no matter what. It's different than maybe if they were to, you know, say if they were to sign Aubrey Solomon, it's different than, you know, that as far as going somewhere out of your area and getting a, an elite guy. But I still think Thomas, one of the bigger wins of the of the recruiting cycle for Michigan just because, I mean, he's an elite talent. I know I've seen others say that uh, he's like a higher ceiling Jordan Lewis uh, I'd agree with that, at least as far as where they're at now compared to, you know, like where Jordan was as a senior in high school, where Ambry is now. Ambry's a little bit longer. Uh, he's just quick. Uh, and he's also a guy, much like Lewis was coming out of high school, a guy I think could play both ways if, if you know, if it works out that way. I mean, he's a great wide receiver, knows what to do when the ball's in his hands. So um, that was a big one. And then, and then Kelly Powell, to me, is maybe one of their most important commitments for the simple fact that you know, we've seen now, we've gotten a full season to see what Don Brown likes to do defensively. And his favorite thing to do is, you know, disguise scheme, uh, you know, bring the blitz from any whichever direction, you know, confuse the offense, stuff like that. Uh, Kelly Powell is like the perfect Don Brown defensive back because he, he can cover you out on the outside as a cornerback. He can drop back and play safety. But the other thing he can do, too, better than most guys his size is he'll come up and play the run, and he'll come up and hit you. So, I mean, he's a guy I think you're going to see all over the field at certain points in the game. Uh, he's just he's an absolutely perfect fit uh, for what Michigan's doing right now defensively. And uh, he's also a huge team leader, too, though. Big work ethic guy. Um, he's To me, he's really kind of the whole package. Great kid. I think he does really well in the classroom. Uh, he works his butt off. He's like he really is one of those uh, kind of a cliche, but he's kind of one of those first guy there, last guy to leave type kids. Um, but he's but he's still super super talented though. I mean, sometimes you hear those things, you think it's a you know the guy made himself off off just effort. But but Kelly Powell's got a, a wealth of talent too though. I mean, he had offers from Alabama and Auburn and uh, Notre Dame and Michigan State and uh, I think Florida and and a bunch of other schools. So. Uh, both those guys are huge, uh, huge for the defensive back, future of the defensive back position, whether it's at corner or safety, and uh, huge because, you know, if, if, if Donovan commits to Michigan uh, on Thursday and if Michigan gets Darren Irving Bay out of Flint, which I think they have a really good shot to do, uh, they would sign seven of the top eight prospects in the cycle. Now, they've never, from what I could find, you know, I don't know when, I think Rivals was the first recruiting site to start uh, I don't know when that was, uh, but as far as back as our composite ranking goes, so like uh, it'd be that'd be the average of like 24/7 scout rivals ESPN. As far back as the composite goes, Michigan's never signed the top five prospects in the state. They will if Donovan commits on Thursday. So really, I mean, huge wins for Michigan, coupled with you know that's a massive loss for Michigan State to lose mm -hmm. out on not just the top five, but seven of the top eight. And then the, the other, the kid who's not in the, the top eight would be Antoine Simmons is there in like six or seven. Um, he's not a lock to go to Michigan state either. He may end up in Notre Dame. So uh, really Michigan made this 2017 class when Harbaugh first got hired, they saw that this was a really good in-state class in 17. They made it a major priority. And I mean, they really might, they might end up sweeping, you know, the guys that they really want out of this, out of the state in this cycle.
I know it's really hard right now to tell what the final <laughs> numbers might be because, you know, there's probably a lot of auditioning going on during Christmas camp as we get ready for Florida State for those fifth year guys who's coming back, who's not. Your best guess right now is to, you know, what the final number might be in the ballpark anyway. Uh, ballpark, it's, I think it's definitely going to be over 30. Um, I'd, I'd say like, Let's go 32 to 34 right now. I, I, I think they're, you know, they're going to try to, again, you know, the guys that we've already talked about, you know, there's other guys out there, Willie Gay, Jordan Anthony, Drew Singleton, uh, Chuck Filiaga, uh, even TJ Slayton out of, out of Florida offensive lineman, uh, Elijah Hicks, the corner they're trying to flip from Notre Dame. I mean, these are all guys that haven't committed yet that I, I know Michigan would take, you know, so there's a lot of action left to go. Um, yeah, you know how it is, Mike. I mean, it, it literally, like, I couldn't stress this enough to anybody listening. Like, the amount of players that they like to sign in a cycle can literally change by the day. I mean, if you take, if you go back to signing day and this just this last February, uh, they had offered a scholarship to a, a kid named Alaric Jackson out of uh, Detroit Renaissance High School. They'd offered him about a week before signing day, and then on signing day, changed their mind about sending him a letter of intent. So the, the number of scholarships they could have signed last year was literally decided like at, at the very, very last second. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's always a work in progress. And like you said, yeah, I mean, it's going to, a lot of it might come down to some of these camp practices and who they're going to ask back next year, because, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of them. That's a big group of kids. So, you know, I think a lot of it will depend on that. And uh, it'll just, it always, it always depends on who you're going to get, right? Because if you, you know, if you have a five-star, like, fall into your lap late in the process, not that they really fall in your lap, but you know what I mean, though, if they, all of a sudden they're yeah. like, hey, we can get this guy, they're going to go out and get that guy. That's just the way it is. Not one school in the country would do it any differently. So, uh, you know, so it's, I'm going with, like, somewhere 32 to 34-ish. Uh, they do have 21 verbals right now. Uh, again, like we said, could be, could be 25 by this time next week. So, uh, you know, we'll just have to see. But, uh, yeah, we'll go 32, for thir- 32 to 34 right now. With us here on our game day segment this week as we talk recruiting. And, of course, it's been heating up since the season ended, actually, for, for someone like Steve Lorenz. It never dies down. It's uh, ongoing every day. But, of, of course, as we head into uh, signing day in February, it just gets more and more intense. Steve, right now, I know I get emails from uh, listeners that say we're number seven in some of the recruiting services. We're number six. What's going on? Still, as you said, a lot of players out there yet to decide. Do you see any way this class doesn't bump up to the top five before it's all said and done? I mean, if they get the four guys that we already talked about, the guys that they're deciding within the next week, they they would be number four and they would be breathing right down Georgia's neck for number three. I mean, I think personally, uh, Georgia is putting together a great class, by the way, but to me, with who Michigan should, and let me emphasize should because it's recruiting and anything can change, but um, with who they should finish out with, I I think you're going to see a situation where Michigan, Alabama, and Ohio State are going to have three amazing classes, and then it's going to be everybody else. So that's the way I see it happening now. Uh, Again, unless Michigan swings and misses on them, I mean, they'd have to swing and miss on some guys that I've felt pretty good about their chances with for quite a long time. So, um, I don't, I mean, it's, I, I hate, I'm not a, I'm not a very guarantee type person with this stuff, but I'd be shocked if they didn't have, end up with a top five class. If only, I mean, cause they're going to sign a really big class anyway. Uh, I'd be just shocked if it wasn't in the top five. I mean, I don't try to think of some other schools that really, 
you know, LSU is always going to have a great class just because the state of Louisiana is always super talented and all those kids always go to, most of them go to LSU. Uh, like I said, Georgia, you know, Alabama and Ohio State are, are number one. You can only, uh, you know, Ohio, Alabama, Ohio State are number one, number two right now. Ohio State's only going to get better. Um, but I think what you're going to see is that I think, you know, Michigan is going to join, kind of join Alabama and Ohio State in that top tier. Uh, I think that I think right now I think they finish the cycle as the top three. Um, I, I just Georgia might be the one other school that can challenge them, but Michigan's got so many spots left and so many, and they're all probably all are going to be filled by elite guys. So no, I mean I'd be flabbergasted, shocked, whatever word you want to put in there, if they didn't finish in the top five based on who they should finish out with and uh, how many spots they still have left. All right. It's going to be an exciting stretch run as we head into National Signing Day uh, early in February. Let's uh, switch gears for just a minute or so, Steve, and talk about uh, the current state of Michigan football. We have Christmas camp uh, underway as we prepare for the Orange Bowl and Florida State. And uh, for a lot of reasons, these 15 practices are huge. Of course, the seniors want to go out on a positive note. They're all saying there's not going to be a letdown uh, in this game. That's not what they came to Michigan for. They want to go out big. Also huge for uh, a lot of the young players to uh, let Coach Jim Harbaugh see um, what they've got as we get ready, and it's not going to be that long uh, before spring football rolls around. Absolutely, and it's, I mean, you pretty much described it right. I mean, it's important on both those ends, right? And I agree with you that I think this group of seniors as, I mean, you know, they're a, again, this might come off as Homer, but they're a, they're a chintzy face mask call and a questionable yardage spot away from being not just probably in the playoff, but undefeated right now. So, you know, to be one of the, to be one of those guys like a Jake Butter, or Chris Wormley, you know, I, I it's gotta be tough to swallow. Um, you know, it's 10 and two is a great spot to be in, but to, you know, to know how close you are to, uh, being not, you know, undefeated. And, and really, if they had gone undefeated, you probably could have made the argument that they have a better resume top to bottom than Alabama did. But, um, you know, I don't, I, I think they want to go out on a high note. If they win, they'll probably finish somewhere in the top three or four, at least. Uh, you know, I, I again, I, I don't expect a letdown personally. I think uh, you're also talking about a bunch of kids that want to get drafted, right? So I think they're going to want to come out. Some of these guys, again, they're going to want to play for the team, you know, the team, the team, the team, but they're also, you know, it's another audition for some of these guys. Like I think a guy, I think of a guy like Delano Hill or a Ben Gedeon, you know, a guy that, you know, maybe could play in the league, uh, but has one last chance, maybe to audition in, in front of a, you know, a big crowd at a big stage and, and put it together one last time. So yeah. And then, and then, but, for me, the more interesting part, personally, it is, it's, it's, these practices are going to be so beneficial for some of these younger guys. I mean, you think, you know, Lewis and Stribling will be gone next year. So these practice, these practices will be huge for like a Lever Hill or a David Long or a Keith Washington, you know, some of these younger guys that, like you said, haven't gotten, you know, haven't really gotten the, the chance to showcase their abilities yet. And, uh, you know, it is. I mean, they're losing a lot of guys. I mean, there's just no way around it. So it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, if there's a couple guys that play their way into like, you know, not the starting lineup against Florida State, but guys that maybe we see a little bit more of. I know one guy that got a ton of playing time in the latter half of the year was Josh Medalist, the safety out of out of Flanagan. You know, a guy that when Michigan signed him, people thought that they were just signing him and he and Devin Gill to to help get Devin Bush, you know, who was kind of the big prize out of that high school. But, but medalist, like, 
I think he was their leading tackler in, in one of the games this year. So, uh, you know, it, it's, it's an, it's an interesting mix of like, you know, it's going to be sad to see this group leave because they've a, they've been through so much and uh, B they've just been, uh, I, in my opinion, I think for the most part, these guys have been great representatives of the program. I think, I think fans will look back someday and, and see these guys as sort of the, you know, the guys that help bring Michigan back to what, you know, what we're all used to seeing Michigan football be. Um, but it'll be neat, you know, to, to see who's next then, like who's going to carry the torch, right? So, um, and then, so yeah, these practices are, are absolutely pivotal in that regard. Um, but, but the overarching thing to me is, yeah, I don't, I don't see a letdown. Uh, I think, I mean, again, I think Michigan should win this game. I mean, their defensive line should just, should be dominant against Florida State's offensive line has been very pedestrian all year. I mean, I feel like they're going to uh, dominate the line of scrimmage defensively, slow down Delvin Cook, and, uh, you know, do enough offensively. So, um, yeah, interesting. Kind of an intriguing game. I mean, you know, these two schools hardly ever play each other, so that's always kind of neat. But, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of young guys, wide receivers too. I mean, Kakoa Crawford, Eddie McDoom, even Nate Johnson. I mean, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if those guys get any play and, uh, you know, how they kind of transition in the next season. Here we are getting ready for the bowl game. And in the next few weeks, of course, well, this week, we're going to learn more about uh, the recruits, four big names on the board. But the recruiting process through February and the Orange Bowl uh, to focus on the other thing that uh, is on that list we're going to be hearing about a lot in the next couple of weeks is, is Jim Harbaugh going to the NFL? There were all of these stories uh, yesterday, the last two days, really, about the Rams and that he's on the radar of other teams. It, it, we said this when we signed him. It's something fans just have to get used to. Absolutely. Well, it, and there's an easy reason for that. It's because, you know, you see, like, the Rams fired Jeff Fisher yesterday whoever they hire, which it will not be Jim Harbaugh, obviously, whoever they hire, Jim Harbaugh is going to be, is a better coach than that guy is. Right. So that's, you know, you're always going to hear that. Um, you know, it's similar. I guess it's similar. I don't, I'm not really a big fan of the guy personally, but it's, it's going to be similar to what John Calipari, you know, would go through at Kentucky every year uh, when he was putting, you know, four or five guys in the NBA draft. And, you know, he went to, he was in the NBA before had a decent amount of success, uh, you know, and, and, people feel like, you know, he's done it all in college. He wants to go back, uh, you know, Harbaugh, he's, he's where he wants to be. Uh, you know, you can read John Bacon's Twitter timeline. If you ever need any clarification on what's going on there. Uh, but it is though, it is something I think that they're going to have to deal with every year. He knows it. Uh, the players probably know it, you know, everybody kind of knows it. But it is. It's a testament to how great of a football coach he is, right? I mean, he wouldn't be rumored if he wasn't, you know, a guy that, that people feel like is one of the best coaches in football. So uh, it is. It's something that people are going to have to get used to. Uh, and, and until there's like, you know, two years, I mean, not a chance. I mean, it's just it, – it's a the silly rumor. Really, the original rumor-ish, like, comment was made by, you know, I think it was a guy from the NFL Network who, what do you know, happens to be an Ohio State graduate so um you know that's just you know again the timing of it all that and that's really kind of funny but you know I, I it's comical to me really and uh it is though he's high in demand he's always going to be high in demand because he's great at what he does I think Michigan fans should look at it and think that very fortunate right to to mm -hmm. you know and again I know this season you could look at it and say man they could easily be 12 and 0 but two years ago they were five and seven 
dead in the water. Nobody knew what the heck was going to happen. And here we are now in, in December of 2016 and people are disappointed about an orange bull birth. So, you know, it's times have already changed. He's recruiting some awesome players, some future stars. You know, like I said, this week could be a, another piece of that puzzle. And, uh, you know, Michigan football's on more of an upward trajectory than they've, they've been on. And I don't know. I mean, what, since probably cars since 03, 04, you know, so oh, yeah. it's been a long time since, yeah, it's been a long time since I think Michigan football's had what they have going on now. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, the NFL stuff, it's, it's going to be there. It's just going to be part of the game. He knows how to deal with it on the recruiting trail. Uh, I know that. And, uh, you know, so if people out there are ever concerned about, you know, are these rumors going to hurt them with a certain target or anything like that? I don't anticipate it. I don't, he knows how to handle it. He knows it's going to be there every year. They're kind of prepared for it. So, you know, I think, uh, I always try to be an optimist. I think it's a great thing. I think it's cool to have a head coach that's wanted by the NFL. You don't see, you know, you don't ever hear any NFL rumors about Urban Meyer, or Brian Kelly, or, you know, Mark D'Antonio, you know, so, but at Michigan, we have a guy that, you know, the NFL was going to want every year, you know, so I think it's a good thing. Amen to that. With us here on our game day segment this week, as we uh, get the updates on recruiting and the latest news has been Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports. Steve, uh, an exciting couple of weeks and months coming up for Michigan football, and uh, we will get you right back on here in January where we will have a much better handle and idea of uh, what's happening with our 2017 recruiting class. So thanks for taking the time to join us, and we look forward to a January visit. Appreciate it, Mike. Appreciate it as always. A few news and notes are next as we wrap it up for another show here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. today. We'll keep it short this week because of the length of our interview. In the next few weeks, we'll update recruiting, then start previewing the Orange Bowl. After the new year, we'll wrap up the season and start turning our attention to the busy winter sports scene here at Michigan, which will include more basketball and hockey coverage, and yes, even softball and baseball, which begin indoor practice just a month from right now. Very hard to believe. Football will always be on the radar, though, with National Signing Day in early February, followed by spring football. So as I say each year, we don't go away after the bowl game. I'll be here each week with the latest news on the Michigan sports scene, so I hope you will stay with us through these cold winter months. It's never been easier to get the show either. Our free show app is available from iTunes and Google Play, and we are now on the iHeartRadio team. Just do a search for The Michigan Man and add us to your iHeart favorites. It's that easy. Thanks again to recruiting guru Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports for being our guest today. He'll be back with us in January for another update. That will do it for another show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Don't forget to join us next week. Until then, stay warm, have a great Wolverine week, take care, and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls 
at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at the Michigan Man Podcast at yahoo.com. That's the Michigan Man Podcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!